Hi, and thanks for uh, checking out Home Show Radio Extra. I'm Charlie Moger, and he's Tom Tynan, Houston's home improvement guru for the last, what, 36 years, Tom? 36 years, October 6th, coming up, yes. Okay, so there you go. And Tom and I answer questions Sunday mornings that you send in to homeshowradio.com using the Ask Tom button, but we find we have some that fall under one category. So we put together this podcast because, like, for instance, this week we're going to talk about foundation repair. Well, if you have foundation issues, chances are we're going to cover something that will be helpful to you. So that's why we put this together. So let's get to it, Tom. James West is in uh, here in Houston, and he says the builder had just poured using a post-tension slab, and uh, he told the builder that the shower is in the wrong place. He's looking to get a barrier-free walk-in shower with a linear drain, and uh, the shower would have been six feet by seven, but the framing is for a much smaller shower, and the concrete is dropped and the drain in the center of the smaller shower. Should I be concerned with this? Is it safe to cut into the slab and fix this since the cables have not been tensioned yet? First off, you can cut into them. You just have to do it very carefully. But the drop part is going to be part of a barrier-free shower. So that's how a slab is poured. They drop the center of the shower so they can uh, they can slope the floor from the outside walls all the way down to the drain. So when you're in there, the water drains, of course, to the uh, strainer. And so that's not uncommon at all. So that's probably pretty good. So it sounds like the worst-case scenario, they will have to take some of the surface if they need to. I'm not sure if he's talked to the builder in full about this back to where the the walls are supposed to be, and that way they can get a nice little slope in there. I don't think they're going to have to bust this slab up at all, so I don't want him losing sleep on that one yet. I think a discussion with the builder will be okay, but do people add to post-tension slabs, and do they sometimes bust around the, the cable and put some concrete in there? If it's not too big of an area, you can get by and do it. All right, fair enough. Up in Minnesota, Jan writes to us that we noticed a few cracks on the front brick of our garage wall. We're about to have our driveway replaced and are a little concerned these cracks may be related to foundation settling. We'd like to get that looked at before the driveway starts and want your thoughts. Well, you you can always get someone to come out and look at it. There's no doubt about it if you're concerned. I think anybody that has a concern and they're losing sleep or they're really worried about it, they should they should hire a professional in their area. You said they were in Minnesota, is mm-hmm. that correct? Mm-hmm. So up there, I would find out <clears throat> who was doing that kind of uh, consulting and who could come out and take a look at it because <clears throat> whether it's a problem or not, it makes people feel better that somebody puts a second set of eyes on sure. there and calms their fears. So well, I think it's well worth it for a lot of homeowners who just aren't sure. I don't want them to do something they shouldn't, number one, but also – Makes them sleep easier at night. Well, yeah, and but looking at it from more of like the general point of view, when you're looking at a garage, maybe you get, I mean, cracks happen. Yeah. What would differentiate in your mind when you're looking at cracks on on a, on a, a span like that? That yeah, this could very well be foundation repair. When you get into foundation repair in Minnesota, it's going to be different than you would in the Houston area. Okay. But uh, you're looking for cracks that go diagonal. And I think that's going to be pretty consistent across the country where it's opened at the top and closed at the bottom because that means part of your foundation is is uh, dropping. When you have slabs in Minnesota, they have a freeze line, and if the slabs are sitting on top of the soil, you get all kinds of heaving and movement when you get the cold winters, which can cause sheetrock to crack. And sometimes if it's a slow process that happened over 20 years but the garage is still fine, it's probably just going to be – repair work inside. I don't think it has a lot to do with the, I think you said the driveway you're putting mm-hmm, in. So mm-hmm. 
uh, you can still put that in unless you have to have trucks on there to fix the whole garage. But that's usually what they have as opposed to, say, down towards the south where you have Florida, Alabama, Mississippi into Texas. We have expansive clays. So that's a whole different uh, problem than it would be up there. Up there, usually it's, it's uh, freeze line and heaving. But but it's still like I you know one of the things down here we look for is that stair stepping thing that goes across there. Is that well? That would be on a brick. Yeah, that's what and I'm that saying. Would be it's on a brick, brick wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's if it's on the inside, fine. If it's on the brick on the outside, again, you go back into the freezing, uh, where you can get if it's just horizontal from one side to the other. That's not a foundation issue. There you if go. it is yeah. going in a diagonal, and in some cases a stair step, because the, the mortar is what gives first. Uh, then that's always a sign that something is dropping and something is going up, and that's usually what you're trying to avoid. <laughs> Everybody's not working together is the problem. All right. Lucinda's in Abilene, a little closer to home. She says she'd appreciate it if you'd give her thoughts on uh, the outside of her wall. She says a small crack along her wall and under a window. It's a house that was built in 65. She wants to know, how do I determine how serious a foundation problem it is and if it needs to be addressed immediately. And then what's the best season in your mind for getting foundation repair work done, Tom? And should she fix the cracks before she gets the foundation fixed? Well, the first part is never fix the cracks before the foundation's fixed because you'll lose some, but you might gain some more. It's kind of like old age. Uh, you just let it all settle until you fix it. So usually you fix the cracks about 90 days or more after you fix the foundation. But as far as that goes, how do you know? You call professionals out to get a look at it and and make sure that it truly is a foundation that needs to be fixed uh, and start getting uh, ideas. I wouldn't pay for it. I, and I always tell people, if you want to call more than one, you should, unless you're, you know, like here in Houston, I would just tell someone, call Due West, they'll tell you everything. And because I know them, I trust them, and uh, I'm pretty confident with that. But as far as Oklahoma, you're going to call several don't tell one what the other said. Just talk to them individually as if it's a fresh conversation, and then you can start to make up your mind, and you'll get a, a clearer picture of, of some consistencies throughout. So that's really important when you're in, in parts of the country you don't know people. Uh, but as far as that goes, the other thing was the weather or mm -hmm. the time of the year. season, yeah. Well, right now, I, I'm sure it's in Oklahoma, too. We had this big hot dome. And everything is dried, crusty, hard, and people are having all kinds of problems. This is not the time of year when you have no rain for a long period of time to start trying to punch through the soil. So everybody's kind of waiting a little bit right now to start getting into home improvements and we start getting some normal rainfall. If you're having a lot of rainfall and it's pure mud, and I'm not sure about Oklahoma weather, but they might have gotten that on that northern side of it, then I wouldn't be uh, doing it during muddy times. And I certainly wouldn't do it during freeze, but I don't think that's a big issue in this case. Not, so, not in Abilene, yeah. Yeah, what you want is just normal weather conditions, and they can do it. And mm -hmm. as far as that goes, uh, that's what you're looking at. The other thing she asks is, do I need to address it immediately? And I remember, ah, right. I remember what Elmer, you say Dutton, that you Elmer Dutton used to say yes. about it. There's no such thing as emergency foundation repair. I'm a kind of guy that wants things fixed as soon as they break. Right. And even I have to bite my tongue and hold back with something like that. That is a, the truest statement you could ever have. Wait to the time where you can afford it, where everything, all the, all the stars are in alignment, and then you'll get your foundation fixed because it's a big job if it really needs to be uh, fixed that way. Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about years. But, you know, no, no. Well, all the, some people have waited a year. <laughs> well, I'm saying, yeah, but I'm saying, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And then I think that's one of the things about, you know, what makes Due West one of our home show pros is the sense that they're, they're not going to come out and just try to slam a job because they need to hit a budget for the month. 
Well, and, and this is really important with Due West. Uh, I know the Dutton family for a long time, and I've talked to Jim and Kenny not just too, not too long ago. I was sitting at the table at Mosier Media with them, and it still comes out of their mouth the same thing. We need to get to them, if we can, at least for the conversation, to provide preventative maintenance so it doesn't get worse. That is so important. And there, you won't find foundation companies that will do that. They'll talk about root barriers, and let's check for an underground plumbing problem that's causing your soils to do weird things. Or they'll talk about uh, watering systems because it's so dry like it is right now. So it's important to call them. You don't have to write a check and act on it that day, but... These guys will give you a heads up, and that Due West is just awesome that way. Mm. James in Bronson, Florida, writes to us. She says, "I have a." Uh, he says, "I I have a building. It's a seventy-five, a seven hundred fifty square foot single bedroom frame house with a pier and beam foundation, and the finished floor is thirty-six inches above the concrete pad in insulated with R nineteen fiberglass bats and netting. There's no skirting around the main house. Well." My AHJ, which I don't know what that means, wants Sounds a, like a homeowner's association. Yeah, but okay. may, maybe that's it. Wants <laughs> yes. a, but the bottom line of whoever this alien being is, they want a six millimeter um, vapor barrier attached to the underside of the joists in order to pass inspection. Really? I think this is a bad idea. It'll trap moisture. I don't want to go to war with my inspectors, but I do want to build a house that'll last the rest of my life and beyond. Is a vapor barrier a good idea? Vapor barriers are supposed to, number one rule of the vapor barrier, first off, is always put on the warm side. So you have to answer that question. No matter where you live in this country, I want you all to think about that. I'm going to go out on a limb on this one, Tom. I think that this is under his house between the joists and the pad. I don't think that's the hottest part. And where is this house? In Florida. Bronson, Florida. Well, it's warm. Uh, but usually in Florida, you want the vapor to transfer. It's very much like Houston, Gulf Coast. Sure. A lot of other states that touch the Gulf Coast, too. So it's, I, I wouldn't do it, and I wouldn't want a vapor barrier under there. Uh, so I'm, I'm questioning why they would actually request that or require that, I guess is a better term, uh, because it's in a Zone 3 in Florida. Zone 3, you stay away from vapor barriers. Vapor barriers are used mainly up north. Just a quick history of vapor barriers. It goes on the inside of a wall behind the sheetrock or under uh, behind the sheetrock in the attic. So when you have a lot of moisture in the house and it's trying to get out to the freezing cold outside, that water doesn't get in that wall and freeze at a point. So it keeps the water from getting into the wall cavity. And that's really what vapor barriers are used for. You know, I've had a fair amount of experience with inspectors. I know you've had even more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, never does your mileage may vary more apply to the, their opinions and what they decide they want to make you do. Well, and let's let's give uh, let's defend them a little bit. They're told this is the code we have to follow. It right. doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It's something that's adopted. And who adopts it? I think it's the politicians. Uh, so they might even in their own mind go, I'd rip it down afterwards. But yeah. they can't say that it's their job, and they have to they have to enforce whatever rules they're given. Kind of like a police officer, yeah, they have laws, and they're supposed a, to. Re- it's a matter laws. of interpretation too, and I mean, <laughs> yeah, and I is. guess I mean, would it be out of bounds? I mean, how? I mean, I'd be tempted to say, can you show me the this this the the where it says that I have yes. to have a, a moisture a vapor barrier? Now, if it says moisture barrier, that's then, different. Then we could go to a Tyvek. Right. A Tyvek has a perm rating and very a good perm rating. So 
That what I would say. So what if I use Tyvek? They might say, oh, yeah, we'll pass it with that. So sometimes you are right. There's that fine line where you have a conversation with them and you find a way around everybody being happy. Right. And, and how many times have we heard those two terms confused, moisture barrier Big versus time. vapor barrier? And then, so if they say show me and they, and they show the code and it says a moisture barrier, then that is not a vapor barrier. Right. So, and the difference is? One has no transfer of vapor at all, which is a plastic. And the other is just moisture where if you spray a hose on there, water's not going to get on it. Right. And, 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 and it's possible that, that, that there's some communication breakdown between the two of them. So I, I tell you what, Charlie, I'm really surprised in Florida that would be a requirement. Right. Uh, I'm not sure what the HHO, whatever it was, uh -huh. is. Uh, but I am surprised that that's a requirement as far as that goes, and that might be being read wrong. Yeah, I think it could be a moisture barrier and not a vapor barrier. If that's the barrier. case, Tyvek would be a great thing to do, yeah. and everybody's happy. Yeah, and maybe if you don't want to, if he doesn't want to get into a pissing match with the guy, he could just say, can I use uh, Tyvek there? And the guy will go, oh, yeah, that'll be fine. And then well, you that's do what I would do. I say, yeah. so if I put Tyvek under there, everything's cool? Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. And, and Consider done. And just send him down the road with, with, with the wrong word. There. Don't make a big discussion out of it. Oh. Just, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a little tip. <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 just, don't get in a fight with inspectors. And, just, and, but don't tell him why. Then he'll go, hmm, maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. No, just say, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moving on. Next. Yes. All right. Santa is in Montgomery, Texas. Says, we recently found several cracks in the tile of our living room floor, and our warranty company has denied our claim. We'd like to someone to come and take a look and make sure we don't have a foundation problem. The home is on a slab. It was built in 2019, and the builder raised it up about four feet higher than our neighbors on two sides. I placed balls where the cracks are, and I ran out of balls. I look for Apparently, they're running away. Okay, I'm not sure about the ball part, yeah, but yeah, all right. But anyway, she wants to know your thoughts here, Tom. Is this a case where she should just have, like, Dues come out and do a check of the foundation? So the first part I missed was where it is. It's here in Houston? Yeah, it's in Montgomery. Oh, yeah. It could be Texas, for that matter, with Due West. Yeah. But the answer is yes. I'm not sure about the balls. That kind of stopped me in my thought process. Yeah. I'm trying to picture it. I have but neighbors it's, on it's, Yeah, sides. always called Due West Foundation Repair. I don't know. It doesn't cost anything to have them come out and look at it. Uh, they're great people. And one of the things about our certified home show pros, including Due West, and I just got to take a little moment here, is... I know these people, so I trust them. But, I, you know, that doesn't mean anything to people listening to a, to a point. But once you get to talk with them, I'm, you know, any of the people from Duess that come out, you'll start to feel that they're probably pretty genuine, and that's what you're looking for, someone that you know is not giving you a line of baloney. And if you're, if you're good enough about judging people, that's the part you judge the most when they come out. So... All you have to do is talk with them and get some information. The people say, so how do I know? What do I do? Do I need to get an engineer? Well, you can call people out. You'll know who's, who's blowing smoke and who isn't when you call enough. Or if you just want to start with Due West, uh, I, I'm good with that. But, Charlie, the one thing that I've got to bring up, and, and this was one of your neighbors, they listen to the show, they love you, you go over to their house, you eat dinner, whatever, but they call all these foundation repair companies and they didn't call Due West. And then you said, why didn't you call Due West? They said, well, I don't know. And what did they do? They called Due West, and didn't it turn out pretty well? Pretty darn good. In fact, they, they wound up, everybody else is trying to sell them repairs, and Due West said, mm, you just need a watering system here. That's what I mean. So, uh, please, call Due West. Okay. <laughs> right, don't leave it at that. Yeah. I'm, I'm still wondering about placing balls where the cracks are. Yeah, I, I can't even it's, picture it. I'm thinking, is it golf balls? Is it basketballs? What kind of balls? This is going to haunt so, me for hours. Know. All right. If you have a golden uh, a retriever, the balls are going to be all over the place. 
Well, Ken and Angela and Irene, Texas, wrote us, Tom. That all sounds like a country song, doesn't it? Ken and Angela and Irene. Anyway, uh, we're experiencing movement in our 2016 beach house in Crystal Beach, and last week we began to feel it when people would walk across the room. Uh Previously, it was only a mild swaying with a strong wind. We were told the bolts on the piling needed to be tightened. Could it have anything to do with the extreme drought here? Yes. My house, we were just last week down in Treasure Island, and the wind was blowing, and, and we needed seatbelts as we were watching TV. <laughs> uh, but now, the house is 17 feet in the air, but it's not tightening anything. One of the things people don't realize, you, you take this piling, and let's say it goes up. My house is 17 feet in the air. That means it goes down 25 feet into the sand, that piling. It, it's one and a half feet down for every foot up. Uh, and to get them down there, they do pound them, but on, uh, uh, when you're doing a repair, they actually inject water into the sand, and the mm. sand gets real, moves around a lot, mm-hmm. and it gets down deep. But now on the top, it's all dried, and the sand is just nothing like but dust on the top. So the houses are moving a little more. Uh, you notice that you walk to the bathroom, and the water in the toilet is, is sloshing back and forth <laughs> as you're getting to it. It's just a welcome to the beach, yeah. and a little bit of rain will pack that sand a little bit. Not too much. You don't want it like a flood, but it'll pack it down, and it'll it'll probably result in in the, what you remember of the movement. That would freak Sandy out. <laughs> My Sandy got used to it. She thinks it's fun. Oh my gosh. If I jiggle back and forth in this house, it'll move. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no dancing. So, so when you say that they use water on those pilings, that's to adjust the piling to push it down or well, move let's it say you have or... some pilings that are rotted at the ground level, so okay. in some of the older homes, right? They'll pull those out, and to pull them out, what they do is they take these big rods and they stick the wa- uh, the rods down and they inject the water down around the the piling. And it loosens it. Then they chain it to a backhoe, turn it to its side, and pull it out from underneath the house. Hmm. How do you put another one in? And then they, in? they put the new one in. They put it in at an angle. And then as they're injecting it, they straighten it up under the house. Okay. And they pull it up tight. And then they have to support it until all the water dries up and sucks back down around that piling. So the piling isn't necessarily sitting us. It's more skin friction that's keeping it. It's the- all skin friction. That's why you have to go a foot and a half down. Can you imagine if you're 10 feet up, you're uh, 15 feet down in the ground? And that piling is one solid piece. Mm-hmm. And I remember Kenny Dutton explaining to me that when they do a full piling job on a slab foundation, that it actually changes it from being the traditional spread load that you'd expect on a slab to a point load. That's and the exactly house is right. actually sitting on the pilings. Yeah, it's like a table. Think of the table legs down in the ground, and on the bottom of those four table legs is where all the load is. So whatever you put on that table, it's all the way down on the bottom of those legs. And that's why you have to make sure you get it right, because once you have one person do foundation work under your house, that's the guy for all time. But you know what the beauty is about their ultra-pile system is mm. it, it measures the point load right there where they're driving it. Mm-hmm. So some pilings can down a foot or two feet more than the other pilings because there's mo- more load there. So it naturally adjusts it until it hits the proper soil. They're not just going 10 feet across the board and hoping it all works. Yeah, that's and that's unique to uh, the Due West system because they have that hole down the middle that they can, if they hit something, uh, some some clay, they can... What do they do? They water inject, just like we were talking about with the pilings. That, They'll water inject where and I was move going. it through. Yeah, that's where I was going. I was circling back to that. So. I'm sorry. All right. No, no, that's good. Jumped ahead. No, that's it. you stay with the group, Tom. Anyway, so <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's Due West Foundation Bear. They're our home show pro and 
um, those are our foundation questions for this week and this week's home show extra we appreciate you listening and remember you can get live questions from tom every saturday and sunday on sports radio 610 on home show radio and we'll be back with another home show extra as soon as we get another topic and things put together go ahead and find all the ones we've done we've done one on roofing i think uh, we've got a plumbing one we're working on and uh, this foundation one. we're working on by topics and you'll find them listed at homeshowradio.com under the listen tab where the podcasts live and you can subscribe there and if you do subscribe you don't have to worry we'll just feed it to you as soon as we put the next one up and remember, all of our home show pros are at homeshowradio.com, and they're really nice people. If you need any advice, I'm not around, call them. They'll come out. They'll talk with you. Talk to them on the phone, and uh, I'll be there on the weekends answering your questions. On Sports Radio 610. Thanks for listening. <laughs>